What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of Double Jab. I am your one of your co-hosts, Brian Kim, co-founder of the People's Housing Project, here with... Hi, I'm Miguel, allegedly. Miguel Lewis. With writer of the Cascadia Current and local independent journalist who's an anti-fascist and... Read my book, A Long Hot Summer in the Pacific Northwest, on the George Floyd Uprisings. This is Double Jab. Cool. Welcome. So today we are going to be talking about our local news segment is about the county commission and the shit that you saw going down there regarding the fentanyl crisis. And then we're going to tie that into the larger efforts to recriminalize drug use in Oregon, which is fucking not good. It's not but good. How? Yeah. So how was the fucking county commission, dog? Well, boring to say the least, you know, <laughs> that is local politics. It's just bureaucracy you know, needless bureaucracy. But no, it was it was a good meeting. So the Multnomah County Board of Commissioners met uh, about two weeks ago on a Thursday. And that day we were called by Jewish Voice for Peace. It was the 1st of February, actually. Called by Jewish Voice for Peace, the Portland chapter, to go and support their ceasefire resolution they were introducing at the Multnomah County Board. Fuck yeah. It was, it was good, you know, 15 solid, great comments about needing to push for a ceasefire resolution one thing that was pretty funny was when I walked up, there was there was spray paint on the Multnomah County building, <laughs> and yeah, like there were, it was it was tagged all around the the block, and one of the messages said "ceasefire is not enough," which feels like, you know, uh, pretty pertinent to what we're yeah. talking about. Uh, well, ceasefire and, is a bare minimum, right? And the longer this shit goes on, the more and more it becomes clear that it's like we we need to go beyond a ceasefire into a a long term peace plan and the fucking investment for the rebuilding of Gaza. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that was all sprayed off during the course of the meeting, which was pretty funny how quickly the the county board worked to remove it. But otherwise... It's, it's funny how quickly they can do public services when it's their fucking oh, building. Oh, exactly. How long, yeah. are the pot, how long are the potholes on fucking Lombard going to be here, dog? Yeah. <laughs> the moment the building gets tagged, they're quick to show up. But anyway, no, the meeting went well with that. However, we were told that we would need, need to wait until the end of the meeting in order to be able to hear the commissioner's comments. One commissioner, Lori Stegman, started speaking up to try to, you know, say her piece and support the ceasefire resolution. She's the one helping introduce it to the board. Let's give her some credit, I guess, That's, as a politician. You know. None of the other motherfuckers are doing it, dude. That's true. And it's like, and if the demand was, hey, you five fucks do this thing, and she's the first one to do it, it's like, all right, there's one. One down, four to go. One took, down, four to go. And it's fair to say fucking took you long enough, but... That's what we were asking for, and she did it. She so delivered, yeah. Credit where credit's due. She did yeah. the thing, so good job. Good job. Cool. So Lori Stegman was making comments, and then Jessica Vega-Peterson, chair, chairwoman Jessica Vega-Peterson, cut her off. Exactly, yeah. Chairwoman Vega-Peterson cut her off and said, we have another thing to debate on the docket, therefore we're going to wait till the end yeah. for these comments. You know? Which is like part of the capitalist strategy of like running government because these meetings are, it's on a Thursday morning mm -hmm. in the middle of a fucking work day and they're making the public who's there giving their time for free wait three hours until the very end and it's a way to punish people and discourage people who can't afford to take time off work from fucking giving their comments. And it's one of the like invisible and un like 
the invisible ways that our system lacks democracy and really favors the people with the privilege of time and money to fucking get engaged in it. You know what I mean? We could go off about yeah, that for, real. for hours, honestly, <laughs> because that's what I learned going to this city, this council commissioner meeting was that like it, bureaucracy is the death of democracy. It is absolutely intended for people who take time out of their, their work day, a to come to a, like a county commission and talk about to the county board about their their problems, you know. It's fully intended to slow them down, yeah, you know, and, and keep us them. from participating in 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 democracy. So yes, yeah, and and that was what it felt like for three hours. Yeah, well, because they're because they're not debating whether they're going to pass the fentanyl crisis thing. They're debating like stupid little amendments that aren't really going to change anything, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what happened. So I I got very frustrated when I saw the coverage about the event afterwards because this all this all revolves around a certain commissioner sharon myron mm-hmm. um, and sharon introduced multiple amendments to this resolution and again like we're all in agreement that yeah. there is a fentanyl crisis and are these right? good like were the amendments she introduced like good because i wasn't i wasn't there so i because i know that she was like complaining about stuff but i'm not sure what her amendments were about were they like things that were going to help or was it mostly just shuffling the deck chairs on the titanic shit that type it was that type of of thing you know actually her comments her resolutions got ostracized not ostracized Uh, she got a little bit reprimanded by her fellow commissioners really yes for the fact that she only introduced her amendments to the resolution to the board a couple hours before or the night before that this meeting was supposed to take place. Wow. You know, and they were all like, Hey, if you respect us, please give us these resolutions to just to, to read over and and more notice over 24 hours. Right. So Sharon, Sharon made multiple comments to talk about her issue with the uh, crisis declaration, which Mm -hmm. was in her opinion that it doesn't go nearly far enough. You know, yeah, that it's largely a symbolic declaration. And it's like and I I mean, she's right, because like what is actually going to fix the fentanyl crisis or start to fix it is not just like declaring an emergency, sweeping people up and trying to get them into rehab. It's like all of the things that fucking happen after rehabilitation that people need the supportive housing, the long term health care, the food, the job placement, the training like and to say that there's an emergency without funding those things is like declaring a building on fire but then saying you're not going to pay for any fucking water you know what i mean or any fucking fire trucks and it's like well okay we all know the building's on fire but if you want the building to stop being on fire then you have to invest in the things that help put the fire out and keep it out and the county is simply not doing that in spite of the millions of dollars that they're fucking sitting on Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it should be speaking of that, it should be talked about. Um, this is something I wrote about in an article, Deaths and Displacement mm-hmm. in Portland's Dangerous Cold Parts 1 and 2. An excellent article that you should read. You should read it. It's on Medium and it's also on Patreon now. Patreon.com slash But this article, I talked about how just last year there were 23.2, I believe, $23.2 million that were set aside by the county for the homelessness response 
that were not used yep. at all. Yeah, they had this extra budgeting money that they set aside and just didn't use for services. Yeah. You know? And keep in mind, like, this is coming at a time when there are service providers like the Bobby Lake Hope Center that are fucking begging for money. Last October, they were like, hey, we need $4 million to run for another year. And the county was like, well, we'll give you guys eight hundred grand to make it to the end of the year, but then we want you to show us more funding proposals. And it's like, they're the largest inpatient 24-hour rehab facility facility in the county mm-hmm. and we don't have better options like yeah. they needed the money they should have just given them the fucking money man it's, no exactly it's wild how resistant they are to spending money that they were given to fix this fucking crisis that we gave them as fucking taxpayers in the county taxpayers. to fix this fucking crisis and they're not doing it as taxpayers it's absolutely exhausting you know and the thing is like the city and the county like to shift blame around you know between whether it's the Multnomah County Board of Commissioners fault or the Portland mm-hmm. City Council's fault but the joint office of homeless services is like run between the two of them yeah so this is both of your fault you know like right. like both of you suck at at responding to dangerous weather events yeah, and, and the to, housing crisis and it's like and their inability to cooperate gets people killed because like yes. they shut those warming services down and it was like because the city didn't want to pay for security at the fucking warming shelters and it's like yeah well maybe we could spend some of that obscene police budget money on making sure that the warming shelters that keep people alive are safe yes Yes, exactly. And exactly what we talked about with that Portland City Council meeting, you know, Mm -hmm. Mingus Maps comments. But Sharon Myron continued to go on and she she dragged the meeting on for like three extra hours just over them talking about this fentanyl crisis resolution that would declare an emergency in Multnomah County for 90 days. So 90 days to start to solve this issue, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And we'll clean it all up, apparently. Three months, um, baby. We'll clean it all up. And it's funny because part of it is it's it's all bureaucracy. You know, it's the death of democracy. It's the death of people's participation in democracy in the sense that, like, part, part of Sharon Myron's comments were about the fact that it does not go far enough. And her resolutions reflected around setting the goal higher for the amount of people that they put in. Uh, that they help deal with the fentanyl emergency, you know? So it was like just just numbers and things like that. It wasn't really the core of the resolution. And and she just kept making comments over and over that were obviously... It, what struck me is that, like, they look like she had rehearsed for a long mm. time in the mirror to, mm. to make these side comments about this resolution, continuing to, like... Right pop her head up and say things like, well, it just does, I don't feel like it goes far enough and we need to take actual steps, things like right. that, you know? Well, and um, It's political grand posturing and it's political grandstanding. It's exhausting, Sharon. Like, right. it's, it's especially to sit and watch for three hours, like... Yeah, I think it's... On. I think it speaks to how disappointing and disempowering the county commission is as a structure for everybody involved. Because, like, I've met Sharon Myron, and I know that she, like, she's a doctor who's, like, volunteered with Portland Street Medicine. So, like, I know that she gives a shit and is trying her best. And it shows you how limited 
the capacity of the county commission is unless every single person there is really radically willing to push it as far as it can get. Mm -hmm. You end up rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic because part of the reason she's there is because there's four other motherfuckers who don't want this to go maybe even as far as it's going right now. You know what I mean? And like they end up in this fucking position where they have to like all that they can really do is push for bullshit because even whatever the, the county can decide to do stuff and the city can fuck them. Cause what turns like, what's really interesting about the housing the homelessness dude and the sweeps is the city's in charge of punishing people and mm -hmm. the county's in charge of the money that helps people. So the county can go to the city and be like, Hey, you need to stop sweeping people. And the city can say tough shit. This is our jurisdiction. And those kind of fucking breakdowns in communication happen on every fucking level of the system. Yes, absolutely. And it's like, so all like the, the like she's rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic and wasting all this fucking time because like in part because that's all the government's designed to allow anyone to do. Yes, yeah. And I, I do agree with that. But I think part of it was that like her, her resolutions and her protests those were things that the other city commi or council commissioners. Wow, I keep saying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the other council members and the other county commissioners specified that like they 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 agree. You know, like yeah. they're they're also pretty radical. I'd say for or more progressive yeah. for politicians here in Oregon. You know, they they are pretty progressive. They all agree that like yeah it's not the the end-all be-all solution but they are trying to get something passed so they have now officially declared an emergency declaration over the fentanyl crisis for 90 days you know and i'm it, sure that'll fix it i'm sure in yeah. 90 days we'll all be sitting here like wow i can't believe that's all it took yeah but it's and, like you know and like i i understand sharon's comments but what I took issue with and what I witnessed was that it was part of the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. It was her doing political posturing for other journalists in this city to yep. then look at and repeat her words. Because she obviously was like writing voice quips. Yep. You know, sound um, bites, sound bites, sound yes, bites, playing for the media, for the media, you yeah. know, and it was the hope that like somebody would take her, her statement saying this feels like it doesn't go far enough which like the Portland Mercury did, for example, yeah. and try to tout it as like, oh, she's taking a grand stand. She's like, it, it, it's like, she's not. In fact, right. she's, she said multiple times throughout her resolutions she introduced or her amendments to the resolution that she would still vote for the measure. You know, yeah. so it just felt like a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. And so it was. Well, and especially when it's like, we all know that like the prescriptions they're going to answer. It's like, and it's like, you know, the amendments she's offering, it's not like we're going to seize vacant housing in order to house homeless yes. people. It's not like Which we're going to like take over the fucking Lloyd's, like the empty mall and fucking fill it with rehab centers. It's like yeah. it's rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, because when your government system's not going to fundamentally challenge like the housing system that produces this kind of homelessness crisis, like we're going to continue to have a fentanyl emergency until we radically tackle the housing crisis. Part of that is going for the landlords. I didn't say that. I didn't say right, that. Going for, there's lots of ways to go. There's for a lot the, of ways to look, go for I, landlords. I think, dog, I really think if this city had a fucking vacant property tax where it's like for every month that an apartment sits vacant, the owner of it has to pay a tax equivalent to the rent they're asking, that would crash rent prices and or fill up all those fucking apartments pretty quickly or you know what i mean yeah like there's non 
There's non-Maoist and anarchist ways you could really redistribute some housing and really punish the behaviors that are happening. Yeah. But the liberals we have in office are too fucking cowardly to do even that. No, exactly. Our, our politics are too center-right, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's just what it is in America. Asking for the bare minimum is yeah. apparently like far left. Oh, so same so. fucking landlords who pay for our politicians like fucking renee gonzalez like and renee like gonzalez. dingus to fucking get ahead yep. they're the ones putting all those anti-mike schmidt billboards all over the city and it's like there's no such thing as a good da but when the pig union endorses one da over another there's definitely a less bad da there's definitely a less bad da it's mike schmidt yeah <laughs> yeah but anyway to, to go on about the the meeting you know they did declare yeah. that emergency declaration so multnomah county watch out fentanyl you're on you're no you're on, notice. you're on notice you're on watch you know but it towards the end of the meeting that's when or the at the end of the meeting that's when we did hear the comments from the other county commissioners and they were responding to the ceasefire resolution which finally got which talked about after finally got talked about yeah. three hours three yeah. hours of this you know like it's in it's wild it's infuriating but um when they talked about this in depth Basically, the first person to speak was Sharon Myron. Mm -hmm. And Sharon, wow. Like, Sharon, Sharon, think about what you're saying. She spoke for 14 minutes. 14 minutes yeah, of, as... of, of a recorded comment that began with her explaining the word, I believe it was dichotomy. Okay. A small correction here. What the word that I meant to say that Sharon Myron said is dialectic not dichotomy dialectic and she kept using this word explaining it like a wedding crasher using the miriam webster's dictionary like a bad speech miriam webster defines dialectic as so there you go that's the correction yes her, her talking about like and i want i want to start by saying two things can be true at once yeah and let me both sides this just from the yeah. start um, and she, was, as a general fan of Sharon Meyer and Sharon, that was disappointing, dog. That was disappointing. Sure free Palestine, bro. Doctor, free Doctor, Palestine. Doctor Commissioner Esquire, fucking free Palestine. <laughs> and, yeah, no, she's a, she's got yeah. a lot. She's a lawyer and a fucking registered and an MD. Really? Yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's an MD Esquire commissioner. It's she's a very impressive lady. That's very impressive. Who should fucking yeah. vote for the free Palestine? <laughs> what, what I would urge you is like vote for free Palestine and read up a little now, bit girl. more about. The history of what you're all talking about, because she she talked about started talking about the Holocaust Remembrance Day and using the Holocaust for a long time to try to talk about well that's why this tiny state that she said small state home small Jewish homeland the state of Israel exists and then throughout her comment she kept going on about like and what happened on October seventh and what Hamas did was was truly horrible. You know, all these all, all these things to talk about the Palestinian resistance in depth. And I don't want to speak for both of us on the show, but I think I do when I say that to, to make it clear, we stand with the Palestinian resistance. Yep. Now, when people are oppressed, they have a fundamental right to resist oppression by any means necessary. By when any people means are necessary. Be, when people are targeting, being targeted by a genocide, they have the right to resist. Like, is it a bummer to be like a 12 year old child in Israel and get killed on October 7th. Sure. But like to focus on that ignores the historical context that put that fucking 12 year old girl there in the first place, which is the result of 74 years of 
settler colonial violence against fucking Palestinian people. And like to, if you zoom in enough on any individual tragedy, you can find yourself crying for little Nazi kids whose dad died fighting on the fucking front. And like, there have to be limits to your emotional identification with people who are part of an oppressive power structure. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Yes. Yeah, because she kept going in depth about, you know, the the, the October 7th attack and things like that. And it got the crowd very irritated. You know, yeah. there, there was starting to be just like murmurs among the crowd. People were like hissing, hissing, like literal hissing. I mean, just hiss. Yeah. Anyway, people just disagreeing with her. And she, she at one point, she was like, I don't know why people are giving me the thumbs down, you know? It's like, Sharon, because you're still going on um, trying to equate the necessity of the, the, the apartheid state of Israel with Judaism. I mean, that's yeah. what you were doing. And it's very disrespectful when the rally to support a ceasefire resolution is organized by Jewish voice for peace right well and worse like, than there, that, there's 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 a name in that that you should know which is jewish and peace right. you know like to, to lecture these jewish activists about about anti-semitism and about you know the, the 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 necessity to tie the state of israel to to judaism i mean that's well that's and that's disrespectful it's disrespectful to the people who are there but on like a bigger level it's very it's part of it's it's part of the Israeli propaganda effort to equate Israel with Judaism. Yes. And the more that they can claim justification through their actions through Judaism, the more power that they can the more power that they have. And it's a deliberate attempt to monolithize the Jewish community into everyone who's really Jewish is pro-Israel, which is really fucked up and very disrespectful and itself very anti-Semitic to the Jewish people who don't agree with the state of Israel or its choices. And like, that is why people are booing and thumbs downing because you're participating in Israel's historical justification for the genocide it's committing in Palestine right fucking now. Somebody said it like really well later to her. After the board meeting, they, they told her directly, what you're doing is you're manufacturing consent mm -hmm. for the Palestinian genocide. Yep. You were part of the media, of the press, of politicians as well, manufacturing consent for Israeli war crimes. So, you know, that's, that is what she was doing. And at the end of the day, what I will give her credit for, actually, let, let's say this. She did say that the Palestinian resistance and its actions were barbaric. You know, like that's that's not a great Ooh, term that's a big to use. That's that, big, yeah, that's that a big is a, yeah, barbaric, really, like animalistic, is that's what big, you're saying. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big yikes. She also claimed that Hamas had that that its sole purpose was for the extinction of the Jewish people right. and the extinction of the state of Israel. Well, as like we can go off about all of this all day, but Hamas's charter they updated yeah. specifies that the problem is Zionism, not Judaism. It is the violent Israeli occupation mm -hmm. of Palestinian land. So that's that's A. And B, she also then referred to Hamas's actions as, quote, genocidal, while refusing 
to use like she said it very and deliberately to use the word and about, yeah. about Israeli war crimes. Like she yeah. would not say that about Israeli war crimes. And um she did specify, she's like, I do think what Israel is doing to the Palestinians is apartheid. I do think that what what is happening is is horrific, you know, all these but she wouldn't say that. Yeah. And to say it's like, in my opinion, to then say like, oh yeah, it's apartheid and then condemn the resistance. Well, you're part of the apartheid. Right. That, and, you're that's... Help, and you're helping justify it as well. And it comes back to this like fundamentally liberal mentality that like anarchism and Marxism are fundamentally opposed to, which is this idea that like no matter how oppressed you are, violent resistance is not justified. Like the liberal idea is like we can sit here and condemn slavery, but when the slaves uprise and fucking murder their masters and maybe their master's kids on the fucking plantation, well, this is barbaric and savage and we can't support that. And it's like yep. the institution of slavery, there would not be slave revolts in which plantation children are white plantation children are murdered if there was not slavery. Yep. And you cannot sit here and condemn these riots without recognizing the system of oppression that produced them. And it's like MLK said the same shit in the 60s about the civil rights movement. And we're sitting here saying the same shit about Palestine now because that fundamental attitude of liberal law and order doesn't fucking change. And so you were saying the last at the about the ceasefire resolution. Yes, yeah. So the, these comments, we could go on all day about yeah. Sharon and, and the equation of anti-Semitism and Zionism, blah, 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 blah. You know, like we could go on. But essentially what Sharon Mirren did, she did the same thing she did during the county meeting, which was multiple times. She said, I will still support this resolution. So even, <laughs> ah, it's, it's really. really frustrating, you know, but she specified that she wanted to add resolutions, which um, following her commissioner... Am amendments to the ceasefire resolution? Yes, yeah. Amendments, okay. Yeah, sorry, amendments to the ceasefire okay. resolution. Uh, but her co-commissioner, Brim Edwards, Commissioner Brim, Ed yeah. Brim Edwards, also spoke directly after Sharon Myron, and what she spoke about was how they she wants to be able to release her own statement alongside... The, the 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 board statement but she was like but i do think that we should still say something you know and then following her chair so it was uh chairman Lori or commissioner Lori stegman mm -hmm. she's the one who has made it official and so introduced she, the resolution and the, said that she's going to introduce yes. one at the end of the month right exactly yeah, yeah. so they're going to introduce resolution 22nd or 29th of february they're most likely going to pass it damn uh, and yeah, I mean, from the other commissioner's comments, Commissioner Beeson, Commissioner Vega Peterson, they were both like, honestly, yeah, like this is the least we can do. Yeah. I think it's... A it's symbolic important. condemnation of the ongoing genocide is literally the least you fucking clouds can do. The least they can do 120 days into it. Because you have to remember all of these, like the city council, the county board, all of them released statements in support of Israel yep. following October 7th. So... If you can talk about that, you should talk about the wholesale slaughter of Palestinian yeah. civilians. You know, yeah. like, it's the least you can do. And, and, it, and it, I do not know at this point, no matter how, even if you are someone who believes that Israel has the right to exist, I do not understand how the death of 1,200 fucking people justifies the continued bombing that has resulted in more than 20,000 fucking dead children. Yeah. It is unconscionable at this point. Yeah. Fucking... If you support Israel at this point and their war crimes, you're a bad person and fuck, fuck you. yourself. <laughs> GFY. Free, so. free Palestine. Fucking ceasefire now. Free Palestine. From the river to the sea. From the river to the sea.
So when we come back? When we come back, we'll be talking about the Oregon State Legislature's attempts to recriminalize drug possession, how the Multnomah County fentanyl crisis plays into that, and what we can look forward to as a state. We'll be back. And we're back. And we're uh, back. And we're back. So yeah, now up next on Double Jab, we are talking about House Bill 4002, which is the Oregon State Legislature's attempt to recriminalize fucking the possession of drugs. So in the aftermath of Measure 110, which decriminalized the possession of small drugs and was supposed to put a bunch of money into addiction treatment, there is backlash because that addiction treatment money was very slow to roll out. The mental health and fucking addiction crisis has gotten dramatically and visibly worse on all of our streets. And now there is call across the state legislature from Democrats and Republicans to fucking recriminalize drugs. And that's one of the things that's so scary about the county's fentanyl declaration, where it's like enhancing the ability to crack down on dealers in downtown. And it's like anytime we are enhancing the ability for police to prosecute people, that prosecution is going to fall disproportionately on fucking poor people and people of color. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting because on the Democrats are trying to pass this fucking recriminalization bill that would make it a class C misdemeanor, which is 30 days in jail. The Republicans say that does not go far enough and they want drug possession to be a class A misdemeanor, which is a fucking year in jail because they think that you have to have really severe consequences in order to incentivize people to fucking quit using. Right. Yeah. Even though statistically that does not work, even though statistically that does not work and people are more likely to overdose after they get out of prison than the general population. Yes. Um. So it is all bad, and it is symbolic of a rightward shift in our state legislature towards the addiction crisis. Absolutely. You know, I think that that's kind of something we're going to talk about more in depth in the future, but that's hand in hand with like Rene Gonzalez and the work to destroy Portland street response. Yeah. It's all... It's a right-wing trend of of politics and a direct response to the progress of, like, the last decade. Measure 110 was passed in 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah, so 2020, along with, obviously, had the uprisings, and that was also the catalyst of the conversion to the creation of Portland Street Response. All these things were were a direct result of the, the George Floyd uprisings. And now what we're seeing, you know, as of as of late here in Oregon is this right-wing turn. Yeah, the, back, um, the backlash. The backlash. The backlash yeah. to the progress that was The made. backlash to the progress. And, you know, none of us, like, like we talked about earlier, we're not going to deny that there is a drug crisis, you know, yeah. here in Portland. Right. And it's the real question is, like, how do you respond to the drug and homelessness crisis, right? Because there's really, there's two fundamental options. You can invest in social services or you can invest in criminalization. And just like we were talking about the division, the bureaucratization and the way it destroys democracy in on the county and city level is like all of the services that provide housing and support are run through the county mm. and all of the things that punish and criminalize are run through the city. And we have city politicians like fucking Renee and Dingus who want to increase crackdowns, who want to like, like Renee used his power as the fire bureau, like everything that he has 
everything that's been within his power to do, he has done to hurt social services and increase mm -hmm. criminalization. Yep. Like this is the fucker during the winter who told the fire bureau to stop passing out or Portland street response to stop passing out tents and tarps because they were too much of a fire hazard. And what he is saying is that he would, he would rather use the excuse of fire hazards to then fucking give people tents to survive the winter yes. to keep them out of the goddamn rain. Yes. It is obscene. And now there is a fight going on because he is trying to, even though he and the other county commissioners said a year ago that they would expand the funding for Portland Street Response so that it could be a 24-7 fucking uh, outreach team, citywide outreach, mm -hmm. they're talking about cutting the funding by $3 million. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, all this goes hand in hand, too, with that Multnomah County board meeting that we went on about, you know. They were declaring an emergency crisis for a reason, right? And now, like, it's not only that, that we have our city council currently trying to undo the progress. You also have, have to remember, I was listening to a podcast that talked about this more in depth. Okay. I'll give them a shout out if that's cool. Please do. It could happen here. Could Great happen podcast, here. right? They did an episode about... Friends of the podcast. About or Friends of the podcast, definitely, you know. So they did an episode about... Um, about Oregon recriminalizing the use of drugs, you know, or, or the possession of drugs specifically. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that, like, all of us, no one likes to see somebody smoking fentanyl on the train. Let's be real. Right, or passed like, out, or, like, fucking nodded passed off. passed out, slumped yeah. out, you know, under a building, like, under a building. But <sighs> a lot of us, A, understand that, like, the issue isn't necessarily that they're using drugs. It's that they are at that point that they mm -hmm. have to, you know, and they, and they have to do it out in public, slumped out in in public you know right. like you, your issue should be that they have nowhere to go right right it shouldn't be that yeah anyway it, it's all it, the thing about measure 110 is they did it they did a study and measure 110 is not only supposed to start investing in social services but when officers do encounter somebody with you know possession of drugs outside the legal limit mm. their whole thing is they're supposed to give a ticket that you know, is kind of a a ticket itself to to social services. Right. The cops only like they only issued I think like seventy nine tickets. Yeah. Over a, the space of a year, so it's it's the cops refusing to do their job. Yeah. That's, that's the other part of it. It's yeah. like Measure One Ten was supposed to be all right. Local enforcement will give people a ticket, which will then allow them to start to get into you know services yeah. and and treatment facilities, and the police, especially here in Portland, are just like, no, we're not going to do that because that undoes our duty of beating the shit out of homeless people, you know, or, right. or neglecting the crisis into oblivion. Because, like, yeah. that's part of the problem is the more that they can, like, neglect people into, um, like, absolute degradation and degeneration and the more expensive they make it to heal people the more they can present criminalization as an attractive and cheap alternative where they can say, look, we did all these like decrim things. We were nice to people and look at it, it just made it worse. So now we have to crack down. Yeah. And like that argument is very persuasive to people who are sick of the situation, who don't really understand how poorly the rollout has been managed by these very same fucking people. Yes. And I want to like go back to what you were saying a minute ago about like the real tragedy is that like people are there because they have nowhere to go. Like this goes back to that like fundamental problem with housing under capitalism because like in order to afford any space that you're in, you have to like be able to pay for somewhere private to be. 
And if you can't afford somewhere private to live, like a room or a house or an apartment, you live in public. So of course the people who are like drinking in public and shitting in public because they have nowhere to be. And then our city tells them, well, you're not allowed to live in public and they have nowhere to go. So our options as a civilization are create housing or throw people into the fucking new concentration camps. And there's not really a way out of this problem. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely on team give people housing, even if we have to take it from landlords. But some people like <laughs> Rene Gonzalez and the new fucking the DA challenger to fucking Mike Schmidt are on team throw people in jail. Because this idea that like locking up people with substance use disorder for a year at a time is going to help anyone or anything is fucking patently absurd. Yes. Especially, I mean, when you just look at what it has been the policy. Let's just be real. Let's yeah. put it that way. Is this has been the policy is criminalization up until Oregon Measure 110 got passed. Yeah. And Measure 110 was undoing the criminalization, you know? For ever since, there have been cops. They've been going against drugs. And guess what? It doesn't work. It doesn't it fucking doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, we're, we're proving the drug war, as we all know, is not only a failed war, but it also targets communities of color. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, that that's what all of this relates to. Well, right? and, it's, and, dude, it's, like, shocking that, like, we're having to relitigate the drug war because it really felt as though there was a... At least in progressive and liberal states it felt as though there was a general acknowledgement that the drug war was a racist failure that only exacerbated drug use and that we should move beyond that into alternative strategies and it seems as though no one had the patience to in like no one had the patience to let this fucking play out and the people who were supposed to be investing in it didn't fucking do a good job of rolling the money out. Like they're nickel and diming the fucking like not to harp on the Bybee Lakes Hope Center thing again, but they're nickel and diming the fucking Bybee Lakes Hope Center when they have huh. when they had it 72 million dollars in a surplus fund at the time. Yeah. Last September and and they're nickel and diming. And yeah. they're nickel and diming the 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 largest inpatient fucking rehabilitation facility in the county. And that's also what I want. That's also what I want to bring up is like patience. You know, this was only created what in 2020, 2021? Yeah. The, the, the... It didn't take effect until July of 2021, and they didn't really yes. start rolling out the money until halfway through 2022. Yes, yeah. So it's only been under a year and a half. So just over a year that this has actually been rolling forward and you have enough right-wing anger stirred up manufactured anger you know at things like rising crime and even though property crimes are down the property crimes are down and you know there there is a genuine fentanyl crisis however the solution as we have shown throughout history is not the drug war mm -hmm. and it does show i think something i think about constantly is like it shows a fascistic leaning of the country like the, t the yeah. country is turning to the far right right yeah because semi as a backlash to the george floyd uprisings you know yeah, all it's... of this just taking time into place the years afterwards it's still on people's minds these are things we got passed because of blm yeah um and now they're trying to undo it and there's like a trend across city council for example you know mm -hmm. renee gonzalez is the prime example you also have mingus the dingus People are going to vote more for far right politics. You know? Right. It's, well, it's, it's a like, little concern. Well, when you see the the part of one of the re like in addition to the racial backlash in America, like one of the reasons that you see right wing surges around the world, even in Europe, is like 
you see the consequences of the failure of like the neoliberal consensus where it was like, you know, now that the Cold War is over, we're just going to move into this like post-political capitalism where everybody just works hard and we all join the white collar middle class and shit. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming increasingly clear that that's like a fucking fantasy that's not real. Like housing prices are through the roof. Inequality is through the roof all over the developed world. And when inequality is rising, you have people like us on the left who correctly point to the rich, the politicians and the fucking imperial army and police who fucking keep those people in charge is the cause of the problem or you have the people that those guys blame the immigrants women poor people the fentanyl addicts and like we are approaching a point in human civilizational history in which people will have to pick a side whether they are on the side of advancing human civilization and freedom or whether they are on the side of the fucking growing american fourth reich and i really we all need to continue organizing and doing everything we can to build our forces and our organizations to resist that rightward trend. I could not have said that better myself. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, You're my best. I think, I think that's... Got, got a degree in literature, so I fucking, <laughs> fucking language good. Oh, you language very well. Yeah, yeah, you speak, you speak good English, my friend. Uh, talk, yes. talk, talk at me talking real pretty today. <laughs> ah, well, that cool. is, yeah, I think that's, that's it. Double Jab Podcast. I'm Miguel, allegedly. I'm Brian with People's Housing Project. And Brian, where where can people find you online? Cool, yeah. If you like what we're doing, definitely follow us here. You should sign up to the Double Jab Patreon. And if you want to support financially or come volunteer for a housing group, we're called the People's Housing Project. It's at PHPPDX. And then if you want to support local journalism here in fucking Portland, which you better because you're here. You better want to. You yep. better want to. You better Cascadia. want to. That's yes. at Cascadia Current on social media. It's patreon.com slash Cascadia Current, where we're also putting out the Double Jab podcast. And then if you want to see me in my pretty pretty Mexican face and uh, keep up to date with what I'm doing, go to at Allegedly Miguel. This is Double Jab Podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, I guess. Double Jab. Woo! Double Jab. Woo!